Hello and welcome back to Quick Shanti, the place where we digest timeless wisdom one bite at a time. Today, we're going to be exploring the limitations of language and the limitations of rational analysis when it comes to understanding the ultimate nature of reality. We're going to look at a very, very, very old approach that focuses on what reality is not rather than what it is, or at least what we might assume it to be. Today, we're going to focus on feeling our way into truth, not forcefully thinking our way there. Now, before I begin, it's worth noting that in this context, and really across the podcast as a whole, I use the terms God and ultimate nature of reality interchangeably. When I say either one, I'm referring to the highest power, the source that underlies everything in existence, from physical matter to consciousness and beyond. My definitions of God, or the ultimate nature of reality, are not known to be true. This is a reflection of my understanding of the teachings that follow. I understand there are different connotations and interpretations associated with these terms, these very packed terms. But essentially, I'm using both to point to the same concept that there is an ultimate source that underlies all that exists. What matters most is that you use the term that resonates with you and helps you better understand and connect with the concept. That is the most important thing. One of the main teachings today is centered around the quote by Socrates, I know that I do not know. I know that I do not know. I want to reiterate that this is not fact. This is instead an invitation for you to look deeper, to feel deeper, to take a different vantage point. Anyway, I digress. As usual, let's settle in with a little bit of awareness. If you haven't already, find a comfortable position, maybe soften your gaze or shut down your eyes. Release any tension from your shoulders, bringing them up really, really high next to your earlobes and then dropping them down and away. Release your jaw, unclench your fists. And together we'll take a deep inhale through the nose. Hold for just a moment. And a big open mouth exhale. Full release. All right, let's get into it. Humans love words. Language is a fundamental tool for communication, right? It helps us to convey our thoughts, emotions, and ideas to others. It enables us to connect, to build relationships, and form communities. Not only that, language allows us to share and preserve knowledge across generations, making it a powerful means of transmitting and continuing culture. Humans also love to think. We've evolved to be highly analytical creatures, and our ability to reason has been critical to our survival as a species. It allows us to process information and analyze it in a logical and systematic way. And this is essential for problem-solving, decision-making, critical thinking. When we think rationally, we use words to structure our thoughts and make sense of the world around us. We use language to identify patterns, categorize information, and draw conclusions— 
But as hard as this might be for our rational minds to hear, there are levels of understanding that cannot be fully grasped or articulated through rational analysis and language alone. Words, they simplify reality in order to make it understandable to the human mind. But this simplified version may not fully capture the complexity of reality, the wholeness of reality. You can't just think your way into understanding the ultimate nature of reality, the ultimate nature of all that exists. These deeper levels of understanding instead require direct subjective experiences. They require felt experiences and not forced thoughts. William James, one of my favorite philosophers, psychologists, he dedicated much of his time to exploring consciousness. James is actually known as the father of American psychology, and he famously proposed that altered states of consciousness can allow us to access a type of understanding that transcends the rational mind. These states can be reached through various methods, like meditation, contemplation, and of course, the use of psychoactive substances, but they can also occur in less intentional events, like intense emotional experiences, um, near-death experiences, etc., And these methods, these experiences, they can help us access a type of understanding that goes beyond the scope of our rational minds. One of the key characteristics he used to describe these experiences was ineffability. Now this implies that when we surpass the rational mind, we cannot fully convey or articulate the experience through language or any other communication medium. I want to pause here for a moment and ask you to reflect on a time when you might have felt this. Have you ever had an awe-inspiring experience that was difficult to put into words? A few years back, I hiked the PPY Trail in Maui. Now this trail, it goes up about four miles, and at the very end stands the beautiful Waimoku Falls. The Waimoku Falls It's this um, 400-foot waterfall that just towers over this incredibly lush and tropical forest. Tons of wildlife, tons of green and colors and beautiful smells. Um, And I remember reaching the, the end of this trail and standing below this waterfall. And it's loud. You can't you can't really hear the person you're you're with or the people that you're with. It's powerful and it's, it's overwhelming to look at, to be in front of, to feel the mist on your face. Um, the whole way down the trail for almost the entire four miles back, we just kept saying like, wow, wow, like, like inhaling and exhaling deeply and wow. And I just remember I couldn't stop repeating myself. I would keep bringing it up. I would say, wow, that was so beautiful. That was so powerful. That was so overwhelming. I kept using those same three words over and over again. And it was getting frustrating because you say it and then the person you're with is like, yeah, yeah, so beautiful. And you're like, no, you don't get it. You like want to shake them and like, you just don't have the words to describe it. Um, even after returning home from the trip and you're showing pictures and trying to explain the experience to people and they're like nodding and smiling and you can tell they're happy for you, but you can see that they just don't understand it. And that feeling is, is, is frustration because it is indescribable because the experience was so powerful, so intense, so personal that it becomes ineffable. 
Similarly, have you ever tried to explain a dream or take a picture of a landscape or the moon or, or some sort of personal experience that you wanted to capture, but you, you couldn't do it? And now all these experiences that I'm talking about that I think we can all relate to, that I think across humanity that people have had, um, I think these are all things that point to a common truth. There are moments in our lives that are truly awe-inspiring. There are moments that defy explanation. It might be a breathtaking view of nature, a profound connection with a stranger, a powerful dream, or a near-death experience. Whatever it is, these experiences often involve an intense sense of connectedness or unity with the world or with a higher power, and they can be difficult to describe or articulate because they're not easily categorized or defined by our usual ways of thinking, our usual ways of communicating. In The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle writes, words reduce reality to something the human mind can grasp, which isn't very much. Language consists of five basic sounds produced by the vocal cords. They are the vowels A, E, I, O, U. The other sounds are consonants produced by air pressure, S, F, G, and so forth. Do you believe some combination of such basic sounds could ever explain who you are or the ultimate purpose of the universe or even what a tree or a stone is in its depth? Language, words, communication, rational thinking, these are all important tools that humans need to understand and navigate the world around them. The point I'm making here, though, is that these tools are not a direct representation of reality itself. They are tools. We must not confuse them. They are merely signifiers or pointers that refer to something beyond themselves. Throughout human history, people have endeavored to think their way into understanding the true nature of reality, whether it be by defining God or trying to unravel the origins of the universe. These efforts, although mostly well-intentioned, they fall short, and oftentimes they create a lot of confusion. The ultimate nature of reality, God, it's far too complex to be captured by any set of letters or sounds or symbols. The more we rely on language and intellectual analysis to comprehend reality, the more we distance ourselves from the direct subjective experiences that can lead to deeper understanding. Now, some philosophers and mystics have recognized this limitation and have developed a different approach to understanding God. This approach is called negative theology, also known as apophatic theology. Now, negative theology seeks to understand God through what it is not rather than what it is. It recognizes that the ultimate nature of reality is beyond our understanding and cannot be fully conveyed or described in human terms. Consider negative theology to be like a sculptor who carves away at a block of marble. They chip away, chip away, and chip away some more until they reveal the beautiful form hidden within. Just as the sculptor removes material to reveal the statue, negative theology seeks to understand God by removing our preconceived notions and traditions and limitations, revealing the essence that lies beyond human comprehension. It's beyond the mind. Similarly, in Hinduism, a much, much older concept points to a similar truth. 
there's a Sanskrit expression from the Upanishads dating back to around 800 BCE. The expression, neti neti, translates to not this, not this. And it's a central tenet of Hindu philosophy. Neti neti is a practice of negation or denial, where one seeks to understand the true nature of reality by negating or denying all that it is not. In this practice, one arrives at the ultimate essence or truth by negating all that is impermanent, changing, or illusory. It is a key concept of Hindu philosophy and is often used as a tool for self-inquiry or self-realization that leads to the discovery of one's true nature beyond the ego, beyond individual personality. In summary, both neti-neti and negative theology are ways of understanding the nature of reality that emphasize the limits of language and rational analysis and the importance of direct subjective experience. They suggest that true knowledge of the ultimate nature of reality comes from a deeper, more experiential level of awareness. Now, For the remainder of this episode, I want to focus on the application of neti-neti. What's so cool about neti-neti is that it's a highly personalized approach to comprehending reality. You're literally using the self as a tool to discover your true nature, which is also the true nature of all that exists. Neti-neti is a practice of self-inquiry where you are peeling back all of the layers until you come to your essential self. In Hinduism, the self with a capital S is known as the Atman. Now, your Atman is the deepest part of you that's connected to universal consciousness. Therefore, this part of you is eternal, infinite, and unchanging. Now, just like a drop of water is part of the vast ocean, so is your individual consciousness, your Atman, a part of the universal consciousness that permeates everything. It's like we're all tiny drops of water of the same great ocean, each one existing in its own unique way, but ultimately connected to something much bigger than our individual self. So the practice of neti-neti involves negating all the attributes that are not Atman. When we practice neti-neti, we're trying to get as close as we possibly can to touching that individual expression of universal consciousness. Consider neti-neti to be a tool that guides you into the ineffable experience of unity with universal consciousness. The most spectacular thing is that you're using yourself to do it. Neti-neti is one big practice of peeling away. So in this practice, we will observe and question our own perceptions in order to separate what is temporary and permanent from what is essential and eternal. What is your individual personality and what is the Atman? We'll look at different aspects of your life, like roles, thoughts, emotions, physical sensations. For example, if I'm observing my mind and I witness a thought arise, I will ask, okay, am I my thoughts? No, neti neti, I'm not my thoughts. I'm the observer of my thoughts. And then I let the thoughts go. If I'm observing and I have a negative thought about my past and I feel a, an emotion, a negative emotion, let's say I feel guilt, I will say, am I my guilt? No, neti neti, I am not my guilt. I am not my emotions. I am the observer of the guilt. 
Now you can get much more specific with what you're asking. Um, you can get much more specific with the attributes that make up you, your personality structures, your concepts of self, etc. Um, you can refer to things like your car or your job or more abstract concepts that relate to identity. The general idea is to respond to each question with a simple phrase, neti neti, not this, not this, no. By acknowledging what you're not, you can start peeling away the labels you use to describe yourself and uncover who you truly are, beyond your thoughts, emotions, and self-concepts. You can get closer to touching that universal consciousness, the awe-inspiring experience of being in unity with that consciousness. Now, to fully benefit from the guided Neti Neti practice and the upcoming episode, I'd encourage you to spend some time contemplating this mantra attributed to Socrates. It's more of a quote, but you can use it as a mantra. The quote goes like this I know that I know nothing. I know that I know nothing. Except that the human mind has limitations when it comes to understanding the nature of reality or the concept of God. By acknowledging the limitations of our understanding, we create a sense of openness and curiosity, which can help us approach the practice with humility. Neti neti can be a challenging practice. This can take time. So as always, be kind and compassionate and patient toward yourself as you explore this practice. Remember that the ultimate goal of neti neti is not to arrive at a particular understanding or conclusion, but rather to progressively cultivate a deeper sense of awareness and tap into a personal, felt understanding of the true nature of reality. Enjoy the journey to self. Remember, feel it, don't force it. I hope you enjoyed today's topic. If you have any questions or comments or even topic ideas, please shoot me an email. I'm just going to continue to leave my email in the description. And you can also um, sign up for the newsletter on the website, which will also be linked in the description. Um, but again, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, stay curious. <laughs>